welcome to the most aggressive post-game show you're going to find anywhere on YouTube. Damon Bruce, it is wonderful to have you here. An awful lot of regulars already in the room. Welcome back, Plusers. Welcome all of you. We are going to be welcoming a new sponsor when post-gaming Damon officially begins to give post-game. But again, we're so aggressive. We begin at the two-minute warning. And at the two-minute warning, this one should be in the barn, but it's not. I mean, give Tampa credit for making the plays or getting the drive that it needs to stay in this game. And on a fourth and ball game, they just stopped Christian McCaffrey short and they do have the ball back. They are driving on the 49ers when they come out of this two minute warning, but it is a 27 14 lead. So the amount of things that really need to go wrong would put this right into one of the most catastrophic worst losses of the entire NFL season. I do believe the 49ers are positioned well to win this game, but as we know, nothing is over until it's over in the NFL. But what we are looking at to this point is an exemplary afternoon from Brock Purdy. One of the things that we talked about this week was playing with expectations. That's Brock 2.0. You forget the fact that he's played, you know, just enough games to qualify for, you know, that's a full season of football from an amount of games played standpoint. Brock 2.0 really to me more than anything else is when it goes from being a good story to it doesn't matter what you think of the story. This kid's now a player and he has a level of expectations that become attached to him. That's where he is now. And that is a flag on the field, but it also looks like a sack on Baker Mayfield. We are back out of the two-minute warning here, but we got a flag early. My eyes were on you, not on the game. I can't tell you what it is uh, until it actually cuts to holding offense, penalty declined. 49ers are going to take that sack, and it looks like Nick Bosa who is uh, lined up inside on this one. How about that? Bosa gets stood up a little. He keeps rolling. He keeps stunting. Mayfield is pushed into him by the uh, pressure of Armstead, and Bosa's there to just kind of clean up the mess. Uh, they might give Greenlaw half a sack on that one. They might split it between Bosa and Greenlaw, but now second and 17. And again, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks need something big, quick, in order to really get back into this game. But at the, even at that point, it's going to be tough to imagine the 49ers giving this one up. Uh, it is great to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm proud to let you know that we begin today's show with exactly 9,200 subscribers. So I hope you're one of the first 9,200. And if you're not and you're in here right now, the algorithm brought us together. If you're new, welcome. I can tell you that this is one of the best chat rooms you're going to find any anywhere with smart, respectful sports fans. What a concept. That is a Chase Young sack of Nick Bosa to bring up fourth down. And on a day where I was going to tell you, you know, Baker Mayfield wasn't sacked very much here in the final moments of the game. He has been sacked twice by the 49ers. So that is at least four sacks that he's taken. Brock Purdy has taken four sacks to this point in this game. But um, thank you for being here. It's great to have you here. I promise to never waste your time. We promise to never get too emotional about anything and deal with facts. And the fact of the matter is, Baker Mayfield just let go of a bomb and the Niners dropped what was their third dropped interception of the day. But that is going to be it. Nothing but knees and victory formation remaining really for the 49ers. Look, give, give Baker Mayfield some credit. He's a, a little Jimmy Garoppolo-like in terms of, you know, he gives you moments of leadership. He'll give you a few drives in a row where you're like, man, this guy, he's pretty good. He's on today. And then he, like every 10 passes or so, uncorks something that just makes you go, what is he looking at? What are you thinking of? There's none of that in Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy today essentially played a perfect football game. He was fantastic. Oh, and what do you know? He's the third 49ers quarterback ever with a perfect career passer rating. Joe, Joe Montana, Steve Young, two guys you might have heard of, and he's the first 49er to do it since 1989. A perfect passer rating day 
for a guy who came into the NFL leading it in passer rating, came into this game leading in QBR, which is ESPN's new design stat to explain how good these guys are. You know, if we're going to go by those two stats, Brock Purdy is officially one of the best quarterbacks in football. He really is. You know, there were a few videos that I put up this week that said a little premature, and I get it. I'm not saying he's one of the all-timers, one of the greats, but in the context of the 2023 football season that everybody's played about 10 games in, nobody's played better football than Brock Purdy at the position of quarterback. If you want to measure it against just what did you do in a game, what did you do on the field? Not what is your potential, not what is your body type, what is your physical, what do you do physically? Brock Purdy, his best asset might be his eyes. And you heard Moose Johnson talking about that. His eyes are always downfield. His eyes are always not just on a target, but in a progression. And that's what makes Brock Purdy a very special, cerebral, physically gifted, more than a lot of people. Hold on, I got a little space heater going on here. It's a little hot. That's it. It is officially a final, which means it is my pleasure to welcome you to the for the first time ever to the Hughes Orthopedics Post Game Show, our new sponsor. Let me tell you, Dr. Paul Hughes last week worked on my knee. I was a absolute, you know, contestant qualified to get a partial knee replacement, a little cellular knee therapy. Has my knee feeling younger already? And we'll talk more about that. But welcome to Dr. Hughes, who is pushing uh, new medicine instead of old, dirty medical tricks that the industry pulls on a lot of people. And we'll tell you all about that, not just through today's show, but through the remainder of the season. It's great to have Dr. Paul Hughes and Hughes Orthopedics sponsoring the show. A 27 14 win for the 49ers. They are officially now, the 49ers are officially got a two-game winning streak here coming out of the bye week. Uh, They look like a really good football team again. They had some struggles in the red zone today. You saw a first half where the Buccaneers were in this game basically because they were in the game on the scoreboard. They really hadn't done anything tremendous but put together a drive. Field goals are good, but touchdowns are better. You know, it's nice to see Jake Moody make field goals. I'd rather see him tacking on some 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 points after the fact, after a little bit more first half red zone success. That's when I'd like to see those field goals come. But Moody makes his field goals, which is good. Again, field goals are good, but touchdowns are better. And had the 49ers not settled for a few early field goals, they would have 100% blowout city. That's what this afternoon would have been, could have been. The second half then took that you're only close on the scoreboard kind of away from Tampa when the 49ers quickly go up 20 where Brock Purdy finds Brandon Ayuk for now what is the longest touchdown completion of his career after having one of those just last week with George Kittle. This week it turns into Brandon Ayuk. So the second half, it looked like it got away from Tampa quickly, right? And it, and it kind of did. But then, you know, the Buccaneers put together that lightning quick drive. It's exactly what they needed. Then they get off the field defensively, give them full credit for doing that. It's still a game with 12 minutes left before it's blowout city. And then the 49ers, look, they they gave up a sack at the wrong time. They have a three and out at the worst possible time. They allowed one of their worst special teams plays of the season at 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 the wrong time. And that kept this game more interesting than it should have been in the fourth quarter. But when it's all said and done, Jair Brown, who basically, today's the day that 49ers fans met Jair Brown. I saw Guy Haberman put up a stat on Twitter that to this point, before you saw Jair Brown today, Chase Young, who had just joined the game or the the team last week, had had more defensive snaps than Jair Brown. So the rookie who was their first pick happened in the third round. Uh, Their rookie, their first pick of last year's draft, third rounder out of Penn State safety, Jair Brown, essentially today was introduced to 49ers fans. The introduction was not good as he gives up 
And by the way, we'll get to Talanoa Hufanga, who, you know, I don't, I don't, it looks like he tore his ACL, looks like he popped his meniscus, his knee buckled on him, and you could see it actually in the joint kind of buckle. Again, Hughes Orthopedics would be able to explain this better than I, but you could see the knee buckle a little bit. Hufanga's a big piece of this defense, so we'll eye on that, right? Um, but what we've got going on is Jair Brown is now taking important snaps. He blows his first snap and then makes a couple of plays in the end zone that were just money plays. I mean, real money plays. He has an interception in the end zone that basically that's the ball game. He breaks up a pass and runs with Mike Evans when that was a leap of faith for Steve Wilkes to take. Was it not? I mean, that was, that was a little bit of a leap of faith, but they blitz Oliver. They leave Jair Brown in his first, I'm actually playing football out here, really game. He's up against Mike Evans, who's already got a touchdown on the day, and he plays him well in the end zone. I'll tell you, Moses Moody, I thought today, did a nice job playing without the penalties that he's been attracting, and he was doing some late hand fighting, late at the top of the route, pass breakups. I mean, it was a good day for the 49ers secondary. It really was. Uh, Baker Mayfield's afternoon. Again, he didn't have a bad day. Baker Mayfield was 29 of 45 for 246 yards, a touchdown and a pick. He was sacked four times, two of those sacks coming right at the end of the game. Brock Purdy, just spectacular. 21 of 25, 333 yards with three touchdowns and those training camp interceptions on that one Wednesday, I told you they didn't matter. Some insisted that they did. They didn't. This is what matters. Brock Purdy is what matters to the 49ers. There's a lot of guys out there that matter. That's what makes them such a hard-to-defend football team. But boy, Brock Purdy has gone from hope the young guy plays well to a level of expectation like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a, a good day out of him. And Brock Purdy, again, turned a good game into a great game when he hit Brandon Ayuk for that 76-yard touchdown pass very early in the second half. At that point in the game, Purdy was 16-19 and for 261 yards with two touchdowns and nearly 11 minutes remaining in the third quarter. But um, he took, again, a, a good game into a great game and then he turned a great game into a career game when he basically went three for three for 54 yards on a drive that ended with his third touchdown pass of the day. That put the 49ers up 20 and really gave them the cushion that they needed for this to, I mean, did it become a sweat at the end there? Not really. The, the, the Buccaneers get an awful lot of credit for staying alive. They did. They stayed alive in a game where they could have been put to bed a few times. They get some credit for staying alive. The 49ers didn't totally choke them out when they could have, but this was not really a sweat. Like at no point in time, at any point in time in this game, were the Buccaneers in charge of it. The 49ers were in charge of this game today. Pretty much from pillar to post. Welcome, little post game and Damon. If you're new here, my name's Damon Bruce. It's great to have you on the channel. Please hit that like button. Go ahead, hit the subscribe button too, if you will. Like I said, we started with 9,200 subs. So I'm going to know exactly how many we added based on this show alone. 9,200 even, 9,200 on the odometer. So how many will we pick up today? I had a goal to get to 10,000 before Thanksgiving. It's going to have to be a remarkable four or five days uh, in subs to get there. So now the goal is before the end of the year. Help me make that goal before the end of the year. Hit subscribe. Hit that like button. Make the YouTubes love me. Uh, the radio used to love me. I spent years doing 49ers postgame, and now I get to do it here with you, and that excites me an awful lot. Let's rock indeed. We go to the chat room for the first time today. True Blue Forever. Got to be happy with what he saw. You are so right about this, Sporticus. Fred Warner, everywhere, all at once. Everything, everywhere, all at once. It was a great movie. He's a hell of a linebacker. Fred Warner had a monster game today. An absolute monster, monster football game today. Um, you know, the Shaw, why does Kyle get so conservative in the fourth quarter? When you're up 
you really don't need to keep gambling, I guess. Uh, could a, you know, a couple of plays pop if McCaffrey doesn't get stuff there on that late fourth and one, the game is over. And I don't even know if you send that, that, that chat to Shaw, but look, you know, when uh, I, I, I think it's hard to criticize what was an exemplary game plan by Kyle today. Uh, the first touchdown pass of the day was just extraordinary. It is a four yard pass to <laughs> hold on. It's a four yard pass to McCaffrey as they are fourth and goal. So from the four yard line, right? He's got every single person running to the left. It is flood the left, and he's got McCaffrey just bait his coverage into a stutter step, and he comes through the center guard gap running this pattern that you don't see patterns usually come from inside the, the in, inside the guards. But that's where this came from, and McCaffrey was wide open, and it was one of the more perfectly designed plays I've seen in my football lifetime, and it worked. It worked. Uh, it was a nearly perfect offensive afternoon for the 49ers. So I, I've got... I got no real criticisms there. Um, Jonas, checking in from overseas. Jonas, thank you for being here. Icelandic, um, looking forward to the Brock Purdy suck train. Yeah, it's going to have trouble staying on the tracks. It really is. Because, again, Brock Purdy isn't going from the, I don't think he's very good to he might be good more than he is going from he might be good into he might be great. And and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, okay? I, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and say that, you know, right after he has one of his biggest career games down in Jacksonville, he comes back today for the first perfect passer rating that the 49ers have put up since 1989. Only two other quarterbacks in the history of the franchise named Joe and Steve have done that. And, you know, what What we're seeing from Purdy, I, I, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but look, it feels like he gets better by the week, right? It's been like linear upward progress for Purdy week to week with the exception of the three losses. And I won't even say bad games in a row because in his worst game, he did have the 49ers in position to where Moody hits that field goal, they win. And even on a bad day, Brock Purdy brought the Niners into the win column, but it didn't happen. Then in the two games where he threw the interceptions, the four interceptions, he played spectacularly, but for those four interceptions. And they came late, so it's all anybody remembered. But he threw for over 700 yards and had 70% completion percentages over those two losses. So while the 49ers had a three-game losing streak, Brock Purdy only had a one-game played poorly streak, and that was a game that was lost by a field goal. So Purdy has almost had the impossible to even hope for, dream of. You can't order linear, never did any, never dipped. It only This stock only goes like this. There's no stock that only goes like this. There's no athletic career that only goes like this. This growth doesn't exist anywhere except for in SEC-level Bernie Madoff fraud. That's the only, th 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 There's no such thing as batting a 1,000 in development, in progress. It does not exist. Brock Purdy was pretty damn good the first time we've ever seen him. He's almost gone like this since he started playing. And it feels like there's an argument to be made that he gets better by the week almost. What does that mean? What does that equal? I can't tell you that this means he's going to be a great quarterback. I can't tell you that this means the Niners are going to go back to the NFC title game and maybe the Super Bowl this year. We don't know where this goes. We only know where it is. And where Brock Purdy is, is in a pretty damn spectacular place. That's what we know. I mean, it's, it's provable. It is provable in a courtroom that this is an unbelievable start to a career which started pretty damn impressively 
and essentially has not taken a step backwards at any point in time. The impossible linear growth is near linear growth. How does that happen? I don't get it. I don't get it. It's an awful lot of credit to Kyle Shanahan as a coach, to Brock as a kid who just sees the field, knows the game, feels the game, all the cerebral stuff that can't be measured. He's got tons of that. And the talent that this team has around him is significant. Is significant. Christian McCaffrey didn't even come close to having a great game today. And he was fantastic. Debo Samuel didn't have a great game today, but he was good. Brandon Ayuk had a great game today. And even he made a bonehead play when he didn't take the ball out of bounds at the end of the first half. Brandon, what are you thinking about? What are you doing there? I'm sure he'll hear about it. It was a good day for the offensive line. Wasn't great. It was a pretty good day for the 49ers defense, especially when it needed. I mean, it was the ultimate bend, do not break kind of afternoon for them, but they did a hell of a job taking Chris Godwin and Mike Evans kind of out of the, out of the day. Those guys made a few plays, but the Niners did a really nice job in the secondary, slowing them down. And it was just, uh, it was a good day. Good day for the 49ers. Very good day for the 49ers. And whoa, hey, we've already got six new subscribers. Thank you so very much. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. And be here so I can tell you more about Hughes Orthopedics. And instead of me getting a knee surgery, I got some celery. I got I got the Kobe. I got the Kobe in Germany treatment is basically what Dr. Paul Hughes does. And I will tell you to go to Hughes.com, HughesOrthopedics.com. And maybe this will keep a knee replacement surgery from happening if you have the arthritis like I did. Listen to me, 48-year-old man calling it the arthritis. No arthritis for the 49ers today. They were loose. They were limber. And even though Tampa gets credit for keeping this game in doubt, that's all it ever was. Maybe a little doubt crept in, but they were never really in control of this game at any single point in time. A 27 to 14 win for the 49ers. Some of the numbers, again, Christian McCaffrey, 21 carries, 78 yards. It's funny, you know, for a minute, I thought we saw Kyle going against his, I'm going to use Christian McCaffrey a little bit too much just because I insist on it type of feeling. And we saw Elijah Mitchell almost get like a whole series. It looked like he was getting an early first half series. And and I don't think he touched the ball in the second half. Um, Brandon Ayuk had the standout in the box score day beyond Purdy. Brandon Ayuk, five catches, a career best, 156 yards and a touchdown, a long of 76 yards, which now becomes the longest touchdown pass of Brock Purdy's young, impressive career. Um, all impressive stuff today by the 49ers. And again, Brock Purdy gets better by the week. He was pretty good when we saw him for the first time, and it feels like he gets better just about all the time. And and the biggest drive of the game, he was perfect on it today. I thought Purdy was perfect on the biggest drive of the game. The Niners get the ball back with seven minutes left in the third quarter, and they're up 13. They're up 20 to seven. And it's a chance to put the game away. What do the Niners do? Well, first play of that drive. You got McCaffrey spinning for a first down. He's he's in the second level so often. He really is. Uh, you get Kittle in the flat. That's an 11-yard gain, so it's a first down. Then Christian McCaffrey gets eaten up like supper time by Vita Vea, who's just a house of a human being. Uh, that's a four-yard loss. And then, so there you are. It's second and 14. Uh, nope. 39-yard strike to Debo Samuel, first down. One of the biggest plays of the day. Christian McCaffrey, he then runs for six. McCaffrey then spins to a third and short. He then, McCaffrey again, runs around the left side for a first down. That makes it first and goal. McCaffrey then gets it down to the three-yard line. So we got McCaffrey touching this ball uh, on, on five, yeah, five, no, six. Six times on this drive. And then it's a touchdown pass to Kittle to cap a nine-play, 79-yard drive that took over five minutes and really put the game away, even though the Buccaneers created an illusion that they were still in the game. And I mean, they were. They were, but never in control of it, that's for sure. By the way, 
it's it's good to have over 360 people in the room. Thank you for being here. Uh, as the channel grows, as the show grows, that number grows week to week. It used to top out around 270, 350, I think is the biggest. I don't think I've ever had 363 in here. That number is going to be in the thousands soon enough because this grows. I believe we got not only a good show, but we've got a really great chat room, which I hope you're diving all over. The regulars, the Plus Army, these are phenomenal, phenomenal sports fans. And, you know, treating folks with a little respect is a nice way to go about it, having some fun. And that that's what's happening in the chat room. We, we, we you know, we want to, we want to go ahead and Straight up, you know, you, you look, there's always trolls that get through, right? But we tried to weed them out. We try to ignore them because that's the best way to deal with such creatures. And we keep on adding what I think is nuanced, intelligent, adultish sports talk into a world that could use some. Or as Carissa Thompson reported, that Bob Costas show that Damon Bruce pretends to do is pretty good. He's on HBO. Thank you, Carissa. Not accurate, but I'll just make it up as you go along, I guess. I don't mean to kick Carissa when she's down, but seriously, um, it's hard to have credibility when you say you make shit up on the spot. We don't make shit up. Sometimes we get shit wrong, but we don't make shit up. That's the one thing I can promise you. It was a really good day for the 49ers all around. It was a well-coached, well-executed, but for a few flags, but no real, it wasn't a day full of mental mistakes by any players. It really wasn't. It wasn't a day that was where it felt like these flags are just going against you and you're, and you're hurting yourself more than you're helping yourself. So pretty impressive, I think, all the way around. Old Dirty Hungus saying, happy Victory Sunday. Little man's birthday. So I'm out. Oh, dude, happy birthday to uh, uh, young Dirty Old Hungus' son there. There you go. Since you're out already, I'm not going to officially wear the hat for you, but there is the official Plus Party birthday hat. And happy birthday. Midnight over in Iceland. Well, Flurgen Jurgen to you, my friend. It is good to have you here. Leslie's right. I'm telling you. Yeah. Baker Mayfield. He's scrappy. He, he went out and he put a body on Bosa today. He blocked Nick Bosa and did it well. Uh, thank you very much. Jason said place to be after the game fire content and emojis. Don't lie. We all know that. So I thank you. Dennis H is right. You're going streaking. You are streaking. Again, you get a perfect passer rating. You get one big cock Brock joke on the show. It is, it, well, I wouldn't say it's a family show, but kids can be around for the most part. Might want to go earmuffs from time to time. But yeah, you, you, you get to drop a big cock Brock and put a little love on it after a game like that. Ayuk is the man. He really is. He absolutely is. He's the best wide receiver that this team has had since who? Michael Crabtree? Is that fair? Best wide receiver since... Yeah, I, I may, maybe it's Michael Crabtree. Maybe it is. Guy's fantastic. Stacy. Stacy's checking in from the old wagon, downtown San Jose. There you go. Shout out the old wagon. I, I don't think I've ever been to the old wagon in San Jose, but I like it by its name alone. Rock Eastwood saying, you know what? Pretty excited about Jair Brown on the field. Sorry, Hufanga. I, I, look, let's not, let's not forget that Talanoa Hufanga is very, very early in his career, and he's already been a pro bowler. Hufanga's good. Not having a great season, but the 49ers defense, I don't think you can make the argument that they will be better if that's a significant knee injury for him.
Johnny Dunn says, Damon, 100% agree it was back and forth, but Brown, Bosa, and Young sealed that one. They sealed the deal. They did. Up, oh, Smiley Dan, by the way, is conducting uh, conducting a uh, winning streak. Uh, or excuse me, he's conducting a uh, safety meeting. And uh, so, did I say Moses Moody? I said Moses Moody. Talking about Mooney Ward, pardon me. I still got some warriors on the brain from last night. I'm sure I'm getting killed for Moses Moody. I'm about 20 minutes behind here. Yeah, a lot of Moses Moody. Uh, yes, Mooney Ward, pardon me. Steve Wilkes survives another week. He certainly does. You know what they say? Uh, what, what, what do the kids say? Like, touch grass, go touch grass. Ever since Steve Wilkes has been touching grass, 49ers defense has been putting up a much better effort. The never daunted radio network is enjoying a pretty win from a rooftop in Puerto Rico. Well, the, the, the Hoosiers weren't in Puerto Rico today. They were getting their asses handed to them by UConn at Madison Square Garden, but couldn't ask for it, even if the Hoosiers did let us down. Yeah, it was a good day for the 49ers, no doubt about it. Good day for the Niners. Uh, we have uh, Welbert Campos saying, first time here, cheers from Brazil. Oi, tutu bang. That's all I know. It's the only Portuguese I got there. Wilbert, I hope you were around long enough to enjoy the tutu bang. I really do. It always makes, hey, Portuguese, feel a little bit, a little bit more welcome, right? Again, I've got a lot of first timers in here. Thank you so much for being in here. Hit that subscribe button. Oh, six more. Even oh, oh. Now we're at, we we have added 14 subscribers since the show began. So thank you very much. And again, the like button. Can't believe I have to still say these things in my career now, but here we are. It's a whole new world. And in terms of a a world that the 49ers are living in in football again, they are one of the elites once again. You know, when we talk about the four best teams in the NFC, it is the Eagles, and we got ourselves a big Monday night football game tomorrow night, right? Eagles and Chiefs. It's the Eagles, it's the 49ers, it's the Cowboys, and it's the Lions. Seahawks are up next. By the way, let me open up a scoreboard right up here so I can see what is going on in that Seahawks game. Uh, the Rams, oh, the Rams are up a point, 17-16, Seahawks got the ball, 42 seconds left. I'm going to open up that box score and keep an eye on that one for you because that is a big division game. Seahawks had the, you know, you're going to win this game kind of written all over them, but it was a Rams bye week. Rams were coming out of a bye, and you give a good coach a bye week, that'll take a team that's not having a particularly great season and put them in a much better place. Seahawks were having a very interesting season, but a loss today would be devastating to their cause and certainly not the game that they wanted before the 49ers go rolling in for Thanksgiving. And by the way, I want to invite everybody back for Thanksgiving. Let's call it late dinner because the 49ers are the late game on Thanksgiving and we will be at it right at the two minute warning as we always are here. So hopefully you have a great time with family, but look, maybe you're not around family. Maybe you, you know, live far away and it's, you're, you're going to have a little kind of, I'm feeling alone on, on Thanksgiving. Well, come on into the plus baby. Water's fine. You will be amongst friends and family right over here. Uh, so Hope to see you on Thursday, gobble, gobble, coming on up. Um, but man, this was a good game, really good game. The 49ers are back among the teams that are, that, look, we got a contender, kids. That's, that's what we got. You got a contender. And now it's about handling some very interesting business coming up, right? There's very interesting business coming up. With the three games that are coming up, Seattle, Philadelphia, Seattle, you won't find a tougher three-game sketch, uh, you know, stretch on the schedule than that. So that is big coming up. And how the 49ers get from that through that will really tell you whether or not they're real contenders. But as of tonight, as of right now, they're contenders. And I really do think it's it's more than just you know us looking at it, wanting them to be that. If you're a 49er fan. You got a good team here, and you realize that. And if you stay healthy, 
you're going to have a puncher's chance against anybody in this league. That's that's the real key for them here. How healthy can the 49ers remain between now and the postseason? And then how healthy can you remain through the postseason? Will play as big a factor as to who wins the Super Bowl or not this year. Let me ask you this. Do you think the 49ers get mollywopped in Philadelphia in the NFC title game if Brock Purdy had played that whole game? I don't. Might they have lost? Sure. But would it have been a laugher? Hell no. And anytime the Niners are in a game, even though we still don't have a lot of evidence that they're a very good come-from-behind team, as a matter of fact, down eight in the fourth quarter, there's an overwhelming amount of evidence they aren't a come-from-behind team. That's okay if you don't have to come from behind. And if the 49ers are good enough out to, to get a lead, why does Kyle get conservative? Because getting a lead, sitting on it, not turning the ball over late in the game and making a mistake that hurts yourself has brought him into the win column a whole mess of times. Whole mess of times. Mountain Cat. I'll say it. Purdy's an outstanding quarterback. Hold me to it. He looks pretty outstanding. He keeps playing. How about this? He sure keeps on mirroring how you'd think an outstanding quarterback might look for a guy who stinks, right? <laughs> imagine, imagine banking your entire career on he can't play. He can play. Michael Bradley, you're right, Michael. Just enjoy the moment. Be a fan. There is a big moment to enjoy. I mean, this is there's something going on here. Again, if this is how good Brock Purdy is in what his 19th regular season game, is that what he's playing? Yeah, that guy hasn't even started 20 fucking football games in the regular season yet. And look at who he is. He hasn't started 20 games since he's entered the NFL. He's got the best passer rating there is. It's pretty good. Pretty good. All right, I'm going I'm to catch up to real time in this chat. And, oh, on the way to catching up to real time in this chat, I see our first super chat of the day comes from our good friend, the Shaw. Ten spot, put it in the ganja jar. There she is, the J.J. Raider ganja jar. Raiders didn't get to smoke any ganja today, right? Miami won that game. Jimmy Johnson, is that what the J.J. stands for? The Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson might be putting one in the air today. He's getting into the ring of honor. Wouldn't it be funny if all of a sudden Jerry Jones is not there that day in Dallas? He's like, I'm so sorry. I had other plans, but Jerry or Jimmy's going into the ring. I just don't want to be here for it. <laughs> oh, Shush. Shush is calling up a maximum football. Here you go, Shush. Anquan Bolden, Brandon Ayuk, the best receiver since Anquan Bolden. Okay. I mean, maybe. Better than Crabtree? I would yeah. I mean, he 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 might be. How, but best, well, I mean, the man wasn't a wide receiver, but best pass catcher since Vernon Davis. Larry Wong, the value. We're getting out of Brock is insane. Last pick in the draft. Does he even make a million? Larry, he makes 800 something thousand dollars a year. His salary is so insignificant, it doesn't even get measured in the cap. It doesn't. Doesn't even get his salary is so low, it doesn't even count against the cap. That's all you need to know about what that looks like in terms of value. So small, you can't even measure it. Indiana Jim. He's the best since Terrell Owens. Crabtree had great hands, but that's it. I mean, that's... That, that's not... 
this is that I that might be right. By the way, we take you live to SoFi Stadium where we got ourselves a final. The Los Angeles Rams out of a bye week beat the Seahawks 17 to 16, scoring 10 unanswered fourth quarter points. And it is a come from behind win. And so before the 49ers roll into Seattle on a short week, they picked up a game on the Seahawks. They got a Thursday nighter now against the Seahawks. And then they're going to have a little bit time, a little bit extra bonus time to get ready for the Eagles. Woo. What, what a stretch of days those are for the Ford. I mean, what a stretch of games. Over the next, what, 28 days? Is that what it is? Not even? 25 days or so? 49ers play some seriously consequences attached to it football. And we're going to be here, and I hope you keep on coming back to the channel for great content about the 49ers. And really, not not here. We're, we're going bigger than the Bay. Although we got a lot to talk about from the Bay, and we were not going to get into the Warriors now, but nothing smooth over there for the Golden State Warriors. But some fascinating games and developments today around the NFL. And look it, we're welcoming Welbert. There we go. I mean, that's the kind of that's the kind of crowd we got in here. Welcome. It's good to see you. Would you like a drink? Do you need a cookie? Does Smiley Dan need to take you outside for a safety meeting or why don't you go ahead and have your own safety meeting? And then come on back and tell Smiley Dan that you're safe. I want everybody to be safe. Niners played well enough tonight. I might have my own little safety meeting when, when this show is over and enjoy a little Sunday night football and a little time with the family. And then I want to invite you all back for 49ers wake up at 8 a.m. West Coast time. 8 a.m. Larry Kruger and I are going to be recapping everything that we just saw about this 49ers win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we're going to have ourselves the single best day after 49ers show there is out there. And I don't care what medium you're talking about. YouTube, radio, TV, Larry and I will have it on lock for a couple of hours. 49ers wake up starting at 8 a.m. West Coast time on Monday morning. That's right. I can't. I, 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 I got to speak in, in time zones. We're international, baby. We're getting down in Portuguese. We got audience in Japan. We got ourselves audience all over the world. That's the incredible thing about YouTube. And it really is cool. The little, little community that you get to build on YouTube. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. As are the Niners. Blowing out. Not bl I mean, not blowing out. It's probably an exaggeration. But they win. They cover. 27-14 over Tampa Bay, it could have been a lot worse than that. Baker wanted to throw three or four interceptions today. The Niners kept dropping those. They kept on having to settle for a few field goals when you'd like to see those red zone opportunities turn into touchdowns. But the one thing that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been very good at all year, red zone defensively, they're they're right up there at the top of the NFL. So they they do batten down the hatches in the red zone. And the Niners, again, that 30-point mark feels a little magical. You love to see the Niners uh, get uh, get in there uh, to that 30-point range. But 27 is pretty good, too. Uke, uh, uh, excuse me, Young Leak TV. I thought this said tie. Young Leak TV says Huff tore his ACL. Is that official? Is that official? I, I don't. I don't think anyone in the chat would uh, want to give me wrong information. But I, I haven't seen that. But again, I've been hosting a show, and I have not been on Twitter or checking any news since we started hosting the show. And by the way, welcome to the show, the Hughes Orthopedics Post Game and Damon Show, uh, where we, I think, give as good a post game as you're going to find anywhere in the world, if you don't mind me saying. And uh, Hughes Orthopedics has got new ways to treat joint pain that go far beyond the unnecessary surgery that is assigned to people 
partial knee surgery, knee replacement, shoulder replacements, these things are because big replacement is a real thing in the medical community. He's got a treatment that Kobe Bryant turned to to get his knee right. Cellular replacement therapy is real, kids. And my knee feels a lot better than it did just a week ago. So we'll be telling you more about Hughes Orthopedics. You can go to HughesOrthopedics.com for any and all information. We decided uh, that he was going to be a sponsor, and then he forgot to send me the important email about uh, all, all the contact information. We'll have more of that for you as the weeks go by here, but it's wonderful to have Hughes Orthopedics in here as the new sponsor. We have it seconded now. Indeed, Mountain Cat says Huff toward the... Oh, no, no, he's questioning. For real? Is that for real? If it is, that's not good. Talanoa Hufanga, you know, early enough in his career is on one of those trajectories that you don't want to see snapped right now. By the way, I'm glad, you know, I always got votes for Anquan Bolden to share with everyone because Anquan Bolden was a badass. Do you remember when that guy played with a broken palate? Like, how can you play football when the bone that's broken? Uh, uh, what, what bone did you break? This one right here. Good, good cup of my mouth is broken, coach. And he still played. And he still played. That's some badass. That's some big boy, tougher than all of us put together moment from uh, Anquan Bolden. Another super chat. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Slipping a 20 into the ganja jar. D. Bruce, congrats on the new sponsor. Well, thank you so very, very much. It's great to have a new sponsor, and it's even better to have a, a new knee. <laughs> Feels like I got a new knee. The Lions' schedule is a joke. You know what? How many times did you say that? How many times can you say that about anybody in the NFC Central? Because, God, the not good enough that you find in that division is pretty rampant. But um, yeah, they got an easy can burn. That there should be a four or five game wins in a row ripped off here by the Lions if they really are this. Hey, we're not just the Detroit Lions anymore. We're the Dan Campbell Detroit Lions, the kind of Lions that doesn't matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. The kind of the, the kind of football team that makes you say, "Oh, these these nuts." If that's the new Lions team, they're about to go on a really nice winning streak. And the road to the Super Bowl could go through Detroit. Let me let me just give you this, right? What if the Eagles, and this is not a you know hard to imagine thing, what if the Eagles lose at Arrowhead on Monday night football? I don't know who they play next weekend. But then after that, it's the Niners. What if the Eagles are losing two of their next three football games? Because the Niners go into Philadelphia and get that done. Just throwing out scenarios. Because here's the deal. Someone's going to beat the Eagles before I'm just going to assume that's going to happen, right? They're good. Eagles are good. I respect the hell out of the Eagles. You got an offensive line that plays like that. You can beat just about anybody, anytime, anywhere, doing whatever you want. The Eagles control football games because they control the line of scrimmage. There is no real coincidence that the 49ers have controlled two games in a row where it feels like they controlled the line of scrimmage. I don't think the offensive line has had great afternoons in either Jacksonville nor in Santa Clara today. But that defensive line, without it being an overwhelming afternoon today, they control things. They control things up front. They are making sliver holes to run through. By the way, the uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are having a very bad season running the football. Second to last average in the NFL. And today they carried 18 times for 66 yards. 18 times for 66 yards is all the Buccaneers got out of their running game today. 
And when you can start making an offense one-dimensional with a defensive line that can get to and after the quarterback, you can start wreaking havoc. Hey, we've added 28 subscribers. Thank you very much. We started with 9,200 on the dot. We're at 92.28 now. Can we get to 50 today? Could, could, could I? Could we add 50 subscribers in a single show? My goodness, that would be a monster. If you decided to join and hit that notify button, you'll know that we'll be back with you not only on Thanksgiving, but after the Eagles game and after every game. And did I say after? What I meant is at the two-minute warning of all these games, which means we will also be spending Christmas and New Year's together. Huh? Huh? I told you we got a little community here. Told you we're building something for real over here. We're going to be hanging out on holidays. All of our major holidays are going to be spent together. Don't miss a thing. Don't miss a video. Don't miss a show. Hit notify. And look, if you decide, yeah, Damon, that's a little bit too much, then you unsubscribe down the road. But help me get to 10,000. I'd love, love to get to 10,000 before the end of the year. I, I wanted to get there before Thanksgiving. I think I got to temper that goal. But again, you want to... What's the, what's the old uh, Casey Kasem thing? You uh, keep your feet on the ground, but shoot for the stars or something like that. You want to get to the moon, you got to shoot for the stars or something like that. You, you, we got some goals. We got some lofty goals. We got aggressive goals. We got, we got kids to feed. We got a wife to keep. We got to keep Mrs. Plus happy. By the way, Mrs. Plew's taking one for the team today. She's got the kids to a playground right now, so that's why it's nice and quiet in the house. Gives us time to hang out together. 27-14-49er win today. Brock Purdy carved up the Buccaneers. Carved them up. Turkey served early on Turkey on the 50 Stadium. But Turkey served early. Brock was out there sharpening the shing, 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 sharpening the knife. He's at the table like a proud father, just slicing that turkey, carving the turkey. Who wants a little white meat? Who wants some dark meat? All right, it's time. It's time to break the wishbone. Brock was perfect today. The first perfect quarterback rating a 49ers quarterback has put up since 1989. There are three 49er quarterbacks to ever walk off of a football field after a Niners game with a perfect quarterback rating. Their names are Joe, Steve, and Brock. Is that good? Is that good company to keep if you're a Niner quarterback? Joe and Steve? Are they the benchmarks? The answer is yes. They're, they're the benchmarks. Again, Purdy gets better by the week. He gets better by the week. I thought one of the interesting starts of this game today is that Kyle came out and played a little left-handed, right? He, he, he tried to do some things that are definitely against his tendencies. Now, he would lean on Christian McCaffrey later. As a matter of fact, he'd start leaning on him in the second drive, but in the first drive, not a touch, not a touch for Christian McCaffrey. And they, maybe that's why it was one of the rare times that the first drive came out and stalled. Uh, no points on the opening drive for the 49ers today. But he tried to do something a little different. And then Elijah Mitchell getting several touches in the first half. That felt a little, you know, off I don't want to say off, but you just uh, that that that's 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 Kyle playing off schedule a little or doing things a little differently, right? A, a little counter move because we don't see Elijah Mitchell get many touches, much less many touches in a row, and that's what he got. But it was uh, it was a day where it felt like there was at least in the first half. There was a decided effort and choice to sort of relish Christian McCaffrey touches or spare them or cherish them a little bit more or not be so overly demanding of a player who, uh, look, if Christian McCaffrey goes down, that's the year, kids. At any point in time, he goes down, that's it. They might be good, 
But their chance to be great goes out the window in that one injury alone, should it occur, it would be devastating. Absolutely devastating. Um, so that can't happen. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the ultimate can't happen. But McCaffrey, again, he was good today. He, he didn't have an overwhelming game. But he was very good. And that guy hits slivers of daylight. You know, there's an old old book written by some guy named Vince Lombardi, who I heard uh, knew a thing or two about football. And the name of that book is Run to Daylight. I mean, that's you hear Pop Warner and high school coaches tell their running backs, you see a hole, hit a hole, run to daylight. You see daylight, run towards that. Stay away from the shadows. Those are the people. Run to the daylight. Christian McCaffrey can run through slivers of daylight. He gets, Christian McCaffrey gets big when he gets big, when he needs to get big. He gets narrow when he needs to get narrow. He's like an accordion. It's like he, he's, he's, he's got this ability to collapse in on himself or grow bigger with bigger shoulder pads when he needs that moment to be served. He turns into a wide receiver when he needs to be served in that moment. He turns into a ballerina doing pirouettes and spin moves when that moment needs to serve him, when he needs to get violent offensively, violent offensively, that moment serves him. When he needs to turn into a human Heisman Trophy, stiff-arming dudes, he turns into that. Christian McCaffrey is like a chameleon. He blends into the play as it's needed. So, hell of a run. Hell of a runner. And he didn't even have a hell of a day. That play, though. That, that, that first touchdown of the afternoon where Christian McCaffrey runs through, he runs his pattern through the center guard slot. He's running a pass pattern out of the A-gap. And Shanahan just drew this up perfect. He's got everybody going to one corner of the end zone. And here's Christian McCaffrey coming out of this traffic and boop, touchdown. Wide open, as open as football is allowed in the NFL. As open as a player is humanly possible. Damon, C, facts, right? How about some facts instead of just trying to be spicy with the opinions? Although I did offer up what I did think was my, my spiciest Taco kisses for Ben, the spiciest take of my week. And look, I, I, I thought that this was safe to say because I thought that, you know, if the Niners are who we want them to be, who we think that they could be, if they really are a Super Bowl team, you beat, you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Nothing can be assumed. There's no, we don't even need to play that one. That's the beauty of the NFL. It's why it's America's most popular sport because anything can happen anywhere, anytime. That's the way it is. There's no such thing as that team can't be beaten today. Not in this league. Any given Sunday wasn't just a movie. It's a cliche for a reason. And the cliche is more believable and more true now than it's ever been. Very, very little difference between the worst team in football, whoever they are, Carolina this year, and the best team in football. I mean, there's a difference there. But it's not the NBA difference. It's not baseball's difference. It's the NFL's difference. And to look impressive week after week after week, again, the, the Niners are starting to do that again. They're starting to do that again. But my hottest take, the spiciest take, was going to be the loser of this game. It wasn't going to be. It was. The loser of this game wasn't going to win the Super Bowl. Now, that obviously, in my mind, applied much more to the 49ers. Because it, it, by winning this game, it's a you're good enough to handle your business in a league where handling your business week to week is a hard thing to do. So handling your business, turning in that business card isn't as easy in 2023 as it probably was in 2013. So Niners handled their business today. They needed it. 
a good football team handles their business against a team that they're supposed to beat when they're at home and the Niners did what they needed to do. Had they not done that, I was going to tell you, yeah, you don't you don't lose at home to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and probably go on to win a Super Bowl. I was going to do that post-game show if that's the way that this day went. I was thinking that. I'm like, do I really want to sit here and declare you ain't winning a Super Bowl if they lose just one game with all this football still to be played? But I was going to do that show. We don't need, we don't need to do that show. We don't need that show today. An unnecessary program. By the way, everyone, I've got good news. Smiley Dan is locating himself and he's checking in. He's safe, everyone. Smiley Dan safe. Thank God. Thank God Smiley Dan's okay. Wait a minute. I need a I need a remote. We already got Sunday night and football happening. Gotta get it off the sorry, Fox Sports Focus. It's local high school stuff. I need the NFL stuff. All right. What else we got going on in this chat? Sean, Asta. Does that mean you had to leave, Sean? Thank, thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. I see a lot of ripping of, of Grant. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not even engaging in that. It's, you know, everything you need to know is, is now known. It's all been revealed as I thought it would be. It's one thing to get things wrong. It's another thing to not even know what you're looking at. That's the last I'll say about that. What else we got? It is, uh, yeah, Matt Barrow's reporting that Kyle suspects Hufanga is out with an ACL. That's that's not good. I'm glad that Jair Brown played well today. A little question here from Rock Eastwood. Warner or Willis? How about this? Why not both? What if I told you they got a chance to kind of be the same player? I mean, if you really wanted to, to talk about strengths, uh, Warner is probably better against the pass than Willis ever was. Uh, Patrick Willis, as, as much as Fred Warner is a tackling machine, Patrick Willis was a tackling army unto himself. He was, you know, what, what did you talk about uh, what James Harden with the quote of, you know, I am the system. At one point, Patrick Willis was the entire defensive system for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Willis would be thriving in this particular defense if he were playing. Um, I, look, I still think you it, look, Fred Warner has more, more to play and more to prove in his career. And Patrick Willis who's, you know, probably called it a career before he needed to, like smart players do. Um, Patrick Willis was on a trajectory of this guy might be one of the best linebackers ever. And he probably is the greatest linebacker in 49ers history. The second best linebacker in 49ers history is the guy we're looking at right now, Fred Warner. So you got little, you know, column A or column B. They're almost the same thing. Which do you like? Depends on what you like. And what's really making them good is that, you know, there was an element of Alden Smith for a couple of years. There was an element of Navarro Bowman for a couple of years. Alden, more of an outside edge rusher. But you had the way that you've got Warner and Greenlaw, you had Willis and Bowman. Then you had Ahmad, what, uh, Ahmad Brooks, who was a badass back then, too. But, you know, here's the thing. If you're, a, if, you're, if you're asking the question between those two, and we don't immediately laugh at the question, because Rock Eastwood asked a legitimate question, the fact that that's a legitimate question is all you need to know about how good Fred Warner is. 
We're not laughing at that question. You can, you can put about just about anybody in football since Patrick Willis retired into that question, and it's like, nah, what are you, what are you talking about? Nah. I don't know how the airplane reference came about, but I'll always pause for an airplane reference when I see one because I'll never be over Macho Grande. Surely you can't be serious just busting out airplane references. Boomer T says, Damon, if Brock has time in the pocket, he just doesn't miss. He throws a catchable ball, does he not? He throws a catchable ball. And you know what? The thing is, when he doesn't have time in the pocket, he's usually not missing when he fires either. And that what is, you know, that's what takes a guy from are you good at it to, to can you be great at it? That's when you go from, hey, he might be special to he's special. How are you under pressure? I mean, I saw a chart this week that basically plotted quarterback success against diverse coverages. So what are you looking at? Are you looking at cover two? Are you looking at cover three? Are you looking at man-to-man? Um, -man? What kind of zone? Or what, do you, what, what matchup zone? What, what, what are you looking at? All the coverages that you can name. Brock Purdy was the only one who has a positive quarterback rating against all of them. Again, what does that mean in his career? I don't know. But there's another data point that I really like. Brock Purdy, to his haters, right? To, to Brock Purdy's biggest group of detractors. Every single time he goes out and plays, basically, he hands them a bouquet full of data points that say, I'm pretty damn good at this. That bouquet of data points today gets a brand new flower, and that flower reads first perfect passer rating in a game from a 49er quarterback not named Joe or Steve. It's a good bouquet to be in. <laughs>